0: Welcome to
1: Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Can ships be haunted? What happened aboard the American Navy cruiser USS Salem? And is it still going on? Welcome to the...
2: I apologize, I'm, I'm fiddling, fiddle-faddling with knobs over here. You're
1: multitasking, yes.
2: Yes, I am. Um, Welcome to the 835th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I am Ben, and those haunting questions came from my co-host, partner in the paranormal, and dad, Paul. And today we bring you two of our favorite guests on an age-old question, and we welcome your calls today. The number is 401-766-1240, that's from anywhere or email paul at behindtheparanormal.com. You can contact us by Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.
1: Before we introduce our guests, we note with sadness the translation on Tuesday, March 10th of Ted Phillips, a giant in the UFO world, an engineer and professional photographer who appeared on this show several times. Ted was founder of the Center for Physical Trace Research. He had probably the world's largest collection of physical evidence for UFO landings. Uh, the field will be that much the poorer without Ted. Uh, joining us in studio today, we're pampered. We've in studio <laughs> guests three weeks in a row. I know. Yeah. Three,
2: wow, yeah. I don't uh, think that's ever happened.
1: Uh, it hasn't. are no. uh, two prominent New England paranormal researchers, one an author and the other a filmmaker, and both broadcasters. They have both appeared on the show a number of times with us, especially on live panels we've done from New Hampshire during the annual Exeter UFO Festival and the Saucer Symposium. And we'll let them introduce themselves. Willie Hassel.
0: Okay, well, I'm Willie Hassel. I'm a paranormal investigator, as Paul said, radio and TV talk show host and documentary filmmaker. Lynn Nickerson,
3: and I my distant cousin. <laughs> yes, I <guess>. uh, <laughs> uh Along with Willie, we had... Uh, Spirit Chasers, uh, I'm sorry, Spirit Rated, The Paranormal Experience, going for about six years, and we also had a little TV show called Beyond Reality TV, and um, as Willie mentioned, we both ghost hunt, and presently, we're, um, I'm working on a book, and Willie's working on his documentary.
1: Ah. What about the book he just published a year or two ago?
3: Oh, that is called Gateway to the Paranormal, and that is available on Amazon and three bookstores in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, if that's where
1: you live. Uh, and I think there are only three. Of course, good, speaking as a, a professional editor, it's a, it's a darn good book.
2: Oh, thank
3: you All very right. much.
0: I think it is.
1: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay, so uh, Ben, take us uh, take us into the world of the paranormal. here.
2: Well, we'll start out with a pretty broad. Well, yeah, yeah. I suppose it is technically a question. Well, let us start with the story of the USS Salem. Let us start there. What is the story?
0: Okay, well, the USS Salem was a uh, World War II vintage. Um, it was actually, it was ordered by the uh, Navy on June 14th of 1943, and it was built right at the Bethlehem Steel Company in Quincy, Mass., locally here. Mm. Uh, by the time, though, it was actually launched and uh, and commissioned, the war was over. It was commissioned in 1949, and so the ship never actually saw any wartime uh, action, but it... Uh, She was used, uh, made several trips to Guantanamo Bay in Cuba. That's where she did her shakedown cruising. And, uh, kind of got the nickname the Gitmo Express from that. (laughs) But then after that, after that, uh, she was, uh, moved on to the Atlantic Fleet and then was stationed in the Mediterranean where she became known as the Pride of the Sixth Fleet. And she was, uh, basically like I say, uh, after the war, she was basically like, uh, you know, human resource kind of thing and responded to several things, one being the Ionian earthquake in Greece in 1953 where she was used as sort of a makeshift hospital. And a lot of people from the earthquake died on the ship, hmm. which is one of the reasons it's haunted. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the, the activity now is from those, the people from the earthquake. And also at another time, uh, she was rafted a long time, a different Navy ship, which I forget the name of, and I believe it was the Brooklyn Navy Yard. And the other ship had a, a, a fire and an explosion mm-hmm. where several men were killed and they were brought onto the, the Salem and so they also add to the, uh, the hauntings.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But it's been, uh, it's been uh, reported to be by Sam Beltrusis, who is a local author on all things haunted. Uh, he says it's one of the most haunted places in New England, and possibly even in the country. Hmm. So.
1: Yeah. Now, d- just a point of of historical, and correct me if I'm wrong. <coughs> the when people around here hear, th- th- hear Salem, they think Salem, Massachusetts. <clears throat> if uh, I believe the ship is named after Salem, Oregon. I don't know. Not that um, that makes any difference. Or it's no. Salem, New Hampshire?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it is named after Salem, Massachusetts.
1: Is it really? And okay, that's,
0: so that's right. where it, it got the name, the Sea Witch.
1: Okay, yeah. Because,
0: you know, Salem, Mass. being the, the witch city and... It was named after Salem, and so the nickname of the ship is the Sea Witch. Which witch is which? Exactly. I don't know which is which. (laughs) And and so from there uh, came up the question, like I believe you mentioned the opening, uh, can an an inanimate object like a ship have a soul? Hmm. And so that's where the name of the uh, documentary, The Soul of the Sea Witch, came from.
1: Okay. Well, before we get to that, uh, could you tell us how you came to make the documentary? And, and then you also have uh, some things you want to uh, quote from it for us as well, I understand.
0: Um, well, actually, I don't have the quotes anymore because I, I had the audio, but we can't play that, so.
1: Yeah, we have but, a technical. Uh, yeah,
0: but well, that's, that's okay. Today. That's okay. All you have to do to hear that audio is just come to the premiere.
1: Okay. Well, it's <laughs> funny you should ask that because we have a question. Yes. From someone we all know and love, uh, Michelle Mitchell. As, oh, Michelle. Uh, th- 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 we consider ourselves part of the. the, the Paranormal community in the Portsmouth, Kittery, uh, Seacoast area. You sure
3: you're mm-hmm.
1: We exactly. yeah. yeah, showed yeah. so you there enough. Exactly. we're always there. <Yeah>, we all adore you. Yeah. Well, Mom likes sport Maybe we ought to move. Yeah. Anyway, uh, no offense to dear old Rhode Island, but this is from uh, Michelle Mitchell.
0: Hi, Michelle. Yeah.
1: Hi, Michelle. And she says hi. Uh, I'm looking forward to today's show. Please say say hi to Ben. Hello, Ben. Hello. Everybody, uh, uh, William and Lynn. Uh, Wondering if their Soul of the Sea Witch event, which is the premiere, has been canceled for April 17th. Good question.
0: I am keeping my fingers crossed. as, As of yet, there has been no word of a cancellation. So at this point, the show goes on. Okay. Mm.
1: Until further notice. Yeah. <laughs> well, last night we were all disappointed that we were all supposed to be the a, a yeah. premiere for Lions of the East, uh, Alexander Petikoff's uh, new film, and Alexander being a... a uh, just a phenomenon uh, to us, a young filmmaker and a guest co-host of this show sometimes.
2: I'm not sure how he has the energy <laughs> to do it, honestly.
1: <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, it's all over the world. Globetrotting. is everywhere. Uh, no, so anyway, uh, uh, not a good time for filmmakers and their premieres right now. Then then I of guess course not. The but, but since you canceled. brought up
0: Alexander, though, I, I want to mention that uh, Alexander did some uh, amazing drone footage for me for this uh, for the documentary.
1: Oh, he and his he, drone He, he, did, he did a great job. Yeah.
0: And he, he comes out of the
1: Pennsylvania case with us and, you, and bring, brings the famous drone. Oh, yeah. Then, oh, it's yeah. amazing. Shane Seaway has, has a drone. Shane, another co-host of the show. That's really uh, all part of been our, been our gang up there. In the
0: yeah. I, I have area. one now, too, but I'm just learning to use it.
1: Yeah, well, well I, yeah, I'm i haven't, I'm thinking of. I, anyway, I'm still getting into the trail camps, right? So, <laughs> Maybe but that's yes. for another, uh, <laughs> another show. Um, okay, let, let's get into. Um, A few questions here. This is from a very faithful listener of ours in Bogota, Colombia, and almost every week he writes in these great questions. So, Peter from Bogota,
0: better if you
2: would. So, Peter writes to us, uh, can you please ask Willie and Lynn, uh, Well, we'll start with one of three questions. We'll go with the first one because it's a very good place to start. Uh, Did you detect any communications during your investigation, EVPs or otherwise? If so, what were the results? Uh,
1: On the ship, presumably. Well,
3: if I could answer that first before you dive into that, I haven't been on the ship. But I do have a tendency to pick up things from photographs. Mm. And if I see a picture of somebody from the past and then the present, I can detect... A difference that they went through, if it was a drug problem that became alcoholic or they lost a loved one, I can often pick that stuff up. Mm-hmm. So I did see a photo of the um, the, surg- the surgery area on the ship, and I got a very strong impression of pain from burning. And this is before I knew. I felt that there were severe burns on board. And then I thought, wow, there's a lot of bursts <laughs> on this ship too. And then Sam Baltrusis mess- messaged me back and said, yeah, both were very accurate, and that was from one was from the Ionian, where the bursts.
0: Yeah, had taken the, place. the burning p- probably would be from the the other ship. Yeah, I was fire, getting to but that, but,
3: but the bursts were from the Ionian oh, the bursts, island, yes, right? The yes. bursts, and then the burning when uh, there was the explosion in the harbor. So both of those proved effective. So my answer is, I didn't have to go on board to pick up something; that I was getting it from the photograph of the ship itself. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Well, during the uh the filming we all uh heard phantom footsteps running around the ship when we know there was there was nobody there. Uh one of the crew members saw a shadow figure walk across the corridor right in front of him. Um, personally let's see, uh one of the uh camera operators was uh filming some b roll up in the uh bridge and he was <clears throat> surprised by a loud bang behind him, and there was absolutely nobody else in the area. So, you know, we don't know. Maybe that was the, the helmsman just going about his day's routine. But um, those are the only things, really, that I personally came across mm-hmm. during the time I was filming. It was... i, I got to say, it was a really fun project to do. I uh, basically had... uh um, a 717-foot Navy ship with unrestricted access to play with. That is you actually oh, really oh, wow. cool. Yeah. That it was, was like my childhood dream. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. So well, we,
1: we used to hang out in the USS Massachusetts, the battleship in Fall River, Mass., mm. uh, and a lot of people who were listening locally have been there, of course.
2: Ah, yes, Battleship Cove. Yes. Uh,
1: what? I'm sorry, no, go ahead, ben. Oh, there's. Of course,
2: Peter is, is very thorough.
0: Oh questioning.
2: yes. So that is one of t- one of three, and mm-hmm. we will move on to two of three. Uh, do you think the eno parasite theory applies here? Why or why not?
1: Hmm.
3: Would hmm. you counter anything negative? Well, no. Sam seems I have not, Sam no, yeah. seems to think so, but yeah. I I don't feel that it's negative. He he calls something the birding man that is a result of it, of what happened in the harbor, the hmm. explosion in the harbor. Mm-hmm. But it could be one of two things. It might be that that guy is still very angry and he hasn't gotten over the pain, or it could be that something negative has gravitated toward the ship because of all the pain and the suffering that was on board. Sometimes that happens.
1: Yeah. yeah. So it's it's you know. So parasites do. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Interesting
0: but, question. But but personally, I I didn't detect anything negative myself. Hmm. I think it's just the, well, negative, I suppose.
3: You mean evil, really,
0: don't yeah, you? Yeah, I mean yeah. negative, you know, Nothing people really who were uh, hurt and injured, obviously that's negative, but mm. uh, but I didn't detect anything evil, anything like that. Mm.
2: And Willie, Willie, <laughs> Peter's <laughs> final question is I understand that the USS Salem did not uh, see combat, which we mentioned earlier. Um, if there is such a high level of activity on a non-combat ship, I would imagine surviving World War II combat vessels uh, could have seen more. Uh, is that true?
0: I would certainly imagine so. I, I can't imagine uh, any ship that was in combat that wouldn't be hunted. Mm. You know, really. I
3: can't either, quite yeah. frankly.
0: Yeah, and.
1: That reminds me of uh, Patriot's Point in Charleston, South Carolina, where uh, my southern bell wife's uh, people are, some of them anyway. There is a, a museum, naval museum, with the USS Yorktown, World War II Yorktown, and uh, a couple of other ships. And uh, the Yorktown uh, supposedly is very haunted. Mm. Um, <coughs> we might want to look at the definition of what that is but speaking of being old uh, I happened to walk around uh, on one of the docks there and there was a Coast Guard ship I believe it was the Unimac which uh, I, I did not serve on her but I would visit her in the line of duty when she was uh, stationed in uh, New Bedford, Mass and talk about feeling old and uh, there's, there's a, a mannequin in a Coast Guard and goes, oh, is that what you look like Daddy? you ask that <laughs> and I said, oh, brother, man. <laughs> no, <the> beard. <laughs> well, wrong rank. But anyway, um, uh, the, uh, you want to feel old. The ship you, ship you were involved with is uh, in a museum. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so speaking hey, of not sure. haunted as far as I know. So
2: speaking of ships, what is it about ships that become so haunted, right? I, there's always stories of, you know, ghost ships and things like that. I know in the line of... Uh, when you when you were Coast Guard or Coastie, Dad, mm. you know you hear. Did you, you were here,
3: see one? Did you see a ghost ship, Paul?
2: Oh, that's not where I was going. I was going to say. Uh, oh okay. no! I, a lot
1: of weird things happen. Yeah, oh, so a lot, yeah. a lot of weird things happen mm. on the
2: high seas. You know, mm-hmm. some, yeah. some strange things happen. You know, um, or you know stories of ghost ships, or you know signals from you know the the Queen Mary or something are pulled in. You know, mm-hmm. radio transmissions. But well, that's a very easy explanation because you know with it you know there could be about signals bouncing around the ionosphere that just kind of appear and fall down because there's all sorts of stuff hanging around the atmosphere that can easily be picked up at any time anyway essentially what i'm what i'm getting to is why is it ships what about ships makes them
1: so haunted the fact that they're iron as they proceed through the water they become magnetized
3: i think that has something to do with it Go okay ahead, Billy.
1: yeah that sounds good to me i didn't have an answer Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's that's just one one thing. But you know, in, in having a more or less nautical background and doing a lot, I would always double dip while I was in the service. I would uh, we'd get to a port and I'd I'd hook up with a local voodoo priest or something you know, like that. <laughs> I'm not uh, literally in Haiti. I did that, mm-hmm. and <laughs> not necessarily a pleasant experience. But uh, you know, I began to look at it, and, and the uh, if a ship is made of iron or, or metal containing iron, it's, it's going to Mm-hmm. Magnetize and and at least in, in our thinking that that has things to do with space and time, possibly changing things.
3: If I could add something to that, even along the lines of residual imprints or along the line of an active haunting, mm. I think we become aware of something being haunted because of the emotional impact if you have a great deal of emotional impact, that acts as an amplifier added along with the magnetism of the iron.
1: Oh, yeah, it all, all works together. So.
3: Yes, I think yeah. it all works together. Yeah. It's, so it's like um, really amplified. So it's not just ships, but, I mean, if you have a house, which, you know, especially the older houses that might sit on blocks of granite, again, an amplifier, they can be, you know, really, really haunted. So it's not just ships, but certainly there's so much... Energy and activity on ships, and a lot of, a lot of um, distress, but also men spent their times out to sea for months at a time, so that it became their life, and that was their focus. So there was so much energy put into.
1: The ship do, That's true. You do get cabin fever. As a matter of fact, you know, as the, the cruise goes by, you, you get kind of get goofier. Yep. Yeah. Like, by the end of our deployment, this is right after the Grenada thing, uh, we were headed back to Boston. You know, we, we, you know it was a 378 foot ship that so was a lot smaller than the Salem. This is the Chase, the Coast Guard cutter. And holy criminy, They, they had the the, uh, the ship's um, in-house uh, c- cable TV thing, you know, be to just to inform the crew, the captain mm-hmm. would. Uh, there would be the the uh, the corman, uh, the medic, if you will, uh, would. Uh, there was a flying fish landed on the deck, and he's trying to give it CP- And That's how goofy you get when you know. <laughs> but I mean. Uh, and the the Navy deployments are a lot longer than the Coast Guard ones unless you're mm. wintering over in the Antarctic or something on an icebreaker or something like that. It becomes so, your um, life. It does, yeah. And, and it's your home, it's your life, and right. it's all magnetized iron. So, you know, yeah. um, I mean, most of the stuff I saw at sea were, had to do with, like, the Bermuda Triangle, quote-unquote, a weird phenomenon having to do with magnetism, again. Uh, and um, <clears throat> ashore, uh, some voodoo stuff and some... Ferries, if you will. I didn't see that, but Fairies? I, I ran into people who swore they they were having uh, an issue with not an issue on but board. Oh no no no! This oh. is this is a shore in Puerto Rico. Yeah oh yeah, okay. oh, yeah. No, oh. no no ferries on the Coast Guard. Okay yeah uh, so <laughs> <They're> the bosuns <laughs> uh, yeah so uh, but yeah so there were... but I never saw any um, any uh, ghosts if you will on, mm-hmm. on any of the ships uh, mm-hmm. because you know I, I was busy too. You know.
2: So I guess that would lead to a logical conclusion that there, if there is this much sort of energy that's devoted not only to you know daily life on a ship, you know there's there's that interesting um, sort of phenomena where you know if, if a plane crashes and stuff is salvaged and put into other planes, you know they, yeah. they experience yeah. some of the other yeah. things. Now, with with that sort of idea of of emotion or, you know, just a a physical, uh, just an all-around complete human experience inside of an object that you're in for long periods of time, I guess that would lead to the logical conclusion of the ship essentially
0: becomes alive,
2: right? Yeah, it's imbued
0: with that energy. Which brings me right back to uh, what I had said. Yeah, the soul. (laughs) Um, one of our first days on the ship, actually, this was before we started filming. <clears throat> we were down, you know, looking around for filming locations and such. And the question was brought up by my brother, actually, Jim. Um, can a an object like a ship have a soul?
1: An inanimate and object.
0: Yeah. yeah. Are and
1: there any such
0: thing a- I'm sorry, go ahead. A- and so, well, anyway, we brought that up. Well, I brought it up at a KRI meeting one night. I just put out the question. Can a, can a ship have a soul? Uh, what would be your answers to that?
2: Well, I suppose you know it would be. <clears throat> you know the first question would be, you know, what what do we mean by soul, right? Yeah. Because soul is such is a horribly translated word from um, I forget which Greek word it comes from. Anima, yeah. animus, anima, animus, yeah. uh, and it it's it's it depends on how you look at the word in that definition. Because the way it's come to be seen now is sort of this dualistic thing where it's separated from the body, and it's sort of two separate things that kind of... It's like it's like if you had magnetic peanut butter and jelly, where they're constantly repelling each other, but they're also a part of each other at the same time. And that's sort of how being a, a, a third-party observer looking at it is, is how it's viewed. Whereas um, the sort of ontological nature in which I was brought up in It's a part of, it's the soul being this sort of, um, for lack of better words, I I have to kind of put it all into perspective quickly and make sure it makes sense. Um, Basically, when we say soul, we mean sort of the inner portion of the heart. The heart being the original definition, not so much the physical heart or beating or an emotional center, but rather being heart meaning the core. The core of the being that encompasses intellect Spirit and body all in one area and brings it all together, and the soul is a part of that experience I agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so in that realm, if this is the case, if we're talking about soul in the sense of it being a living breathing thing that has that nature of physical and spiritual put into one, I don't know um that's the question is what do we mean by soul first, or is it? Is it, al- is it alive in a sense of it being spiritually alive you know sort of one portion of it's being being there or is it the belief of it being alive is it that I, I made this point to somebody once that we as humans we develop such strong bonds with anything mm-hmm. with anything you know mm-hmm. our, our pets our cars our whatever <laughs> we develop such True. strong bonds and why is that why do why do we do that even with things that we consider inanimate, we develop really strong bonds. Is it that we require that, that sort of symbiotic relationship with, I don't know, let's say this coffee I'm holding in my hand. Thanks, coffee. You keep me awake. Or, you know, you help me kickstart my day. And do I believe this coffee has a soul? I don't know. You know? And is it, is it that we commune with things that have souls? And is that why we form bonds? I think that there's a lot of underlying things that need to be addressed first before figuring out if something else has a soul. And I think it starts with examining the self.
0: Can you beat that, Paul?
1: (laughs) I don't know to beat it, but the, the, the Greek root that the word soul comes from means life. So the soul is the life. I think ships have souls. Yes, I do, because... I don't believe in any such... I don't believe it, it, that anything is inanimate. Yeah. I don't believe it in inanimate optics. Maybe it's hanging around with Australian shamans and, and uh, voodoo priests, but that there's a sense... <clears throat> we have a sense of the island theory, as we always, always call it, but everything... We're all individuals. Everything is a thing in itself. None of that appears to be true, uh, and then whether philosophically, uh, from the viewpoint of physics, everything... And the the shamans will tell you, everything has a, a spirit. It has a consciousness. A, a everything consciousness. has a consciousness. That's even better. The molecular, yes.
3: The molecules all have a job to do. They have an intellect about them, and they, they do their job. It. And if they yeah. didn't, everything would fall apart. So they know what they're doing. Whether they've got heart in it, I don't know. But there is a consciousness to the universe in everything.
1: Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. I think that's that's precisely true, and I think the, the, what we have trouble understanding in the West is the uh, the, the commonality, the, the unit, the unity with a capital U, the nature of how this all works. Again, it's not individual. I, I, I always say this in lecture. You heard me say it a hundred times. Mm-hmm. With all due respect to the founders of our country, there really is no such thing as an individual. There is. And we are all unique, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but there is a unity that, that is shot through uh, right. all of us. And, and that's, that goes for ships, too, I think. Yeah. So uh, now I will tell you, now, a bit of a, see, this is your show and not mine, but uh, there is something that's a sequel to my experience uh, in the Coast Guard. Uh, on my ship, The Chase, uh, on the way south we had to the Caribbean, we had a, a turbine fire. All right, now the ships were aging at this point. It was built in 1968, and this is 1984. Uh, the ship had uh, tur- turbines, for, you know, to to, to really, to, engines to re- to speed if you're chasing someone, whatever. And uh, <clears throat> there was a, one of the um, uh, firemen, as they're called, working the engine room, was uh, not killed but uh, injured slightly, but he was okay. Mm-hmm. On the next cruise uh, that I was not present for... Uh, I believe two of the uh people in the engine room were killed uh by the turbine and I heard after that that there were sightings and strange things that happened because everybody knew I was into this and they would some they would uh you know find out they would let me know um one of the things that uh, <clears throat> also occurred was that um the uh i believe some parts. Uh, There comes a point where uh, military equipment is cannibalized Mm. for other equipment of Mm -hmm. the same kind. And uh, we had a sister ship, the Hamilton, both stationed in Boston at the base there. And uh, they would sometimes exchange parts. As a matter of fact, I I would talk to some of the machinist mates, and they would be actually talking to machinist mates from other ships. Do you have this part? And, there's, and that's how, I mean, today it's a lot better, but, you know, back in those days, uh, you know, the, especially the Coast Guard was the poor, the poor sister of the Navy. Only the you know.
2: strongest survived.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. So um, I do understand that that was going on. Oh, we have to take our bottom of the hour break. Uh, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 1240 AM and 99.5 FM in New England's gorgeous Blackstone River Valley with our two wonderful guests who came all the way down from the frozen north, Willie Hassel and Lynn Nickerson. And we'll be right back.
2: night is alive join us and take a walk on the weird side when you tune in to the kingdom of Nye, hosted by heather wade the finest in late night talk listen live free weeknights starting at 9 p.m pacific time at the talkstreamlive.com and the paranormal radio
1: app wanna take a ride local and live at 99 fm and yeah, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal here on WOONAM and FM, and we'll continue our conversation on uh, we've gotten to the uh, the idea of whether ships have souls, and uh, Willie, ne- Willie, yeah, right, Willie Nickerson, yeah, <laughs> Willie Hassel, Lynn Nickerson. Uh, I'm about as old as the ship was of and uh, Lynn uh, was going to um, lead us further into oh, this. Did you finish making your comment, Paul? Yeah. Yes, about the ship. Yeah, that's okay. uh, that. These are all things I heard later on.
3: So I think we have a tendency to try and humanize everything. So I don't believe that the ship would necessarily have a personality. It, it lacks heart and it lacks emotion, but it is imbued with the energy and that energy is its soul. Yeah. I mean, you take any inanimate object, if you get a really good sensitive, they can hold an object and they can tell you things. So this object is imbued with energy. So that's the, the idea of psychometry. I think the same thing applies to even... Things on a grander scale, like a ship, it is imbued with this energy, and that energy signature becomes the soul of the ship. It's not that it's a person and a personality with a heart and feeling, but it has its own energy signature,
0: I yeah, feel. That's basically the uh, the answer that we all came up with. It's, it's kind of like yeah. the collective... Going back to the word soul, if that's what you want to use, the collective soul of all the people that were were on the ship. Yeah, and, the officers would yeah. be the of the ship. Yep.
1: And it's imbued. As, as,
0: ben, yeah. as Ben brought up a little while ago, uh, the the uh, sailors and the you know officers on the ship, they loved the ship. Mm. And so yeah, we loved our ship. Yeah. 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 So it becomes, the ship kind of becomes part of them or they become part of the ship. Yep, and I can understand it. I, you know, just in the time that I was there filming, I, I got to love the ship. I, I love going down there. It's mm. just a really cool place. And uh,
1: I don't know that there, there is something. Maybe, maybe you and I are just uh, old sea dogs or something. You know, just, <laughs> well, uh, maybe <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I, I, um, it was one of the greatest experiences that I ever had was serving aboard that ship. You know, but um, now, now, tell us more about the documentary. Where did the the, the, the term sea witch? Did People in general use that in regard to the USS Salem or... or it,
0: yeah, it, it, it is the official nickname of the ship. Oh, the of official nickname, okay. Like, like I say, coming from the town of Salem, the, the witch city. Mm-hmm. So the nickname of the ship is the, the Sea Witch.
1: Okay. Did you talk to any of the, any witnesses, uh, particularly members of the old crew, who, who would still be around, uh, some of them? I
0: you? actually did. Uh, one of the... Uh, I talked to a couple of, we interviewed a couple of the uh members of the Salem Association the the volunteers. Mm. Uh one of which did serve on the ship back in the uh 1950s and he he was really interesting, you know, had some uh, some great stories about his times on the ship. But he actually him, himself has had paranormal experiences on the ship. He's heard his heard, heard his name called when there was there was nobody around. And uh so I um, mean, as far as people that were on the ship, he was the only one I was able to get a hold of to interview. Uh, his name is John Connors, <clears throat> and also it was Leo Como, who was a volunteer. He didn't actually serve on the ship, but he worked at the uh, shipyard. And so they, you know, they both uh, they both loved the ship, and they, you know, they still volunteer all the time.
2: I was actually just going to ask if there was if there was anybody um who served on the ship that did experience anything and more specifically how they reacted to it.
0: He was he said he was not afraid of it at all. It was just like uh hmm. kind of a friendly, kind of a friendly hello, uh you know, he, well, he called him by name whoever it was and you know, he he wasn't he wasn't scared, he was more interested than anything. Well, I think it's with the
1: the uh, grandmother of all haunted ships It's supposed, supposed to be the Queen Mary. Mm. In, That's uh, what they say. Out in L.A. You know, now we've never, we've never been there. We've been to near, you know, California. But we've never been to... Uh, been
0: around it, but not... In around it, it, but not <laughs> in, over, I, under. I've been it, by it. But it
1: but yeah, so. yes, <laughs> yeah. you've, you've been on it, right?
2: I've been on it. You, you have? Well, tell I us know. about it, Lynn.
3: I didn't feel much of anything except down around the pool. That that area felt weird to
1: me. I've heard about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Supposed to
3: be uh, a child that, that's seen, and then they'll see wet footsteps
1: mm-hmm.
3: around the pool.
1: But you didn't say that yourself.
3: I did not. Yeah. No, I just felt something. I felt that that area was occupied. Okay, there was energy there.
1: Uh, of course, Queen Mary being a famous uh, ocean liner, and, mm-hmm. and then uh, was retired and became a uh, is a hotel now. Well. Or a museum? Yeah, least. you
3: can stay on board, and you can, you know, um, I think you can pretty much have your have full use of the ship, walking around and inspecting. Mm-hmm. It. And they do have um, ghost tours. Okay. They did at one point. anyway. yeah, it. Uh,
1: that's it. But uh, mm-hmm. as far as uh, the Salem is concerned, it is in a museum and can be visited. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, it, it is. is paranormal it is destination. A would you say
0: it is a paranormal destination yeah. too? They uh, they do ghost tours.
1: Well, they don't sleep uh, on board, right?
0: Nobody n- can. Well, actually, they can't. They do have overnight. Oh, do they? Oh, but okay. Not for the investigations. Oh. Uh, Greater Boston Paranormal does uh, the paranormal investigations on the ship now. Mm. And while uh, mentioning them, I want to give a big thank you to Don De Cristofaro and the whole P- Greater Boston Paranormal Associates team. Without them, this never would have happened.
1: Mm. Well, bravo. <laughs> so, uh, do you feel that, and this goes not just for ships, but for any investigation, uh, that you can bring something with you in the sense, that it's not, uh, just as an example, there's a, uh, an idea that uh, when they say, okay, well, if you're really here, raise the temperature. I mean, some of this point to, to us seems a little bit silly, uh, and then the temperature goes up. I mean, th- there's some theory that the investigators themselves are, are intervening in, in and the sort of a quantum way in causing some of this. And what do you, what do you think? You do a lot more of that than we do.
3: You said bringing something with you for well, well, in
1: the, well, that, that's perhaps not a good, You're more concerned about bringing something away with, you know, away from you mean the site. Me taking
3: something following you. Well,
1: away. No, and, no, no, no. Well, yeah, that and then in the sense that uh, if you when you go into a thing uh, to a venue like like the ship or like a house or whatever that you are are bringing Maybe whether it be preconceived notions or are causing inadvertently some of the, by projection no. some of the phenomena. Perhaps,
0: perhaps by bringing energy into the that the place, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. changing the I chemical. I think
1: mix. that's
3: possible. Yes, yeah.
1: I mean you can't put your finger on it, but
3: no, I think it's something that we've got powers that we're not entirely aware of. Yeah, and I think you can project and, mm-hmm. and make something manifest, like mm-hmm. raising the temperature.
1: Right. Right. So. So, uh, what's the next step with with the Salem because uh, the, the documentary is uh is uh, ready to debut hopefully will next week.
0: Uh, can, well, can you tell us uh, um, Yeah, the uh the premiere of the documentary is scheduled hopefully for April 17th and that is going to be at the uh Studio 101 at Harbor Place in Havel, Mass. Mm-hmm. Uh 6:30 p.m. to 8:30. We're going to have a, a reception first with some some food and snacks, and then we show the film. And afterwards, we'll, there will be a uh, question and answer. Um, Lynn Nickerson, host of Spirit Radio, The Paranormal Experience, has agreed to be the uh, moderator. She's going to uh, ask questions and audience questions. Uh, myself, Don De and Sam Beltrusis will be on the panel.
1: Great! Right. I've never met Sam. I'm looking forward oh, to met it. To yeah. Right. How how does that manage that? I mean it's the same He with has a, a wonderful sense major of major theological figure in this field. <laughs> so excellent. So well we'll look forward and we'll hope for the yeah. best.
0: Yeah, and anyway that is is free of charge, there's no admission. So everybody, come on down, bring your friends, bring your neighbors. Yeah.
1: There'll even be food.
2: Yep,
3: there'll, there'll even be food. Oh, there'll be well, drinks. Talk not, me into it. <laughs> not, not alcoholic
0: drinks, but there will be drinks. Okay. I mean,
2: food is okay with me. I'm, I'm cool. fine with that.
1: <laughs> Without giving too much away, can you talk about the, the format of the documentary and how how it, how long is it?
0: First of all, it's 34 minutes. Okay. It's, it's short.
1: Yeah, I'm just I'm just, I can't. Yeah, but it must stand taking the you forever to actually some...
0: like do all the shooting and editing and stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, I, I, oh, yeah. I feel like I, I was I was filming. You know, what was it? August through September. Uh, finished filming sometime in September, and I finally got it done editing about a month ago.
2: Wow, that's actually that. I'm not. Congratulations, that's very impressive. I have worked on films that are five minutes long, and it has taken people year like a year yeah. to 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 edit them. So it's yeah. so
0: kudos to you. Oh well, yeah. thank you. Well done. I, I, I yeah. hope when you see it, you. You say the same thing.
3: (laughs) I'm of the personal opinion that he does an excellent job on the editing.
0: He Mm. really does the Mm. way he
3: juxtaposes all the scenes. It has a lot of flow to it. It's sequential. And I was really impressed with that, especially in in reviewing the film.
1: Can't wait to see it. Really
0: good job. So basically the format, it starts out with uh, some of the history of the ship. And then it, uh, there's a little section where I went up, actually, to Salem, Mass, and filmed on location up there with the background of, you know, how it's connected mm-hmm. with Salem. And then we go into uh basically different people telling about their experiences on the ship and some recreations. I got some, some cool uh shadow figures and stuff like that in really? there. Really? Yeah. Wow. And some mist figures and... Yeah, he's and he's good at special cool effects, too. <laughs> <laughs> really, they came out very well. Yeah, I think I did pretty good at it,
3: yeah.
0: Are you planning on uh, doing any sort of
2: uh, distribution for it, like DVDs, anything like that?
0: Uh, I'm hoping to come up with DVDs for it. Um, I, I can't sell them because I did this through Havel Community TV, so I can't make any money off it. I mean, that's fair. But right? but I, I do want to make some DVDs to donate to the ship mm-hmm. so that they can... Not sell them, but donations for them. And keep up, keep up up yeah, keep up with, keep up, upkeep, and whatnot. And, uh, at, at events, you know, showings and stuff, uh, you know, I can sell, donate, you know, yep. uh, DVDs and give the money to the ship. So I do hope to to do things like that. Okay.
1: So what else are you both working on at this point?
0: <laughs> well, well, go ahead. No, I was, going to hand it off to you. I'm
3: working <laughs> on a second book and then, mm-hmm we're considering um, using the same sort of formatting as the radio show and taking the radio show on the road. We're thinking about that.
1: That would be interesting. And you were on WSCA-FM in uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire for six years. Not anymore. For six years we were, yeah. yeah. Okay. So this yeah. would
3: not be an in-studio thing. It would be on location. Yeah.
0: Well, th- this would be a continuation of Edge of Reality TV, which well, you know, we, sort of yeah. we did in, in Havel. Yeah. And, exactly. same and, focus. and, of course, you were our very first guest on that.
1: Oh, I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah. Ben, I, I remember ben that. I forgot I was the first.
2: Yes, I've, I've actually, I remember that. And mm. I I never get sick. <laughs> So it's I get sick oh, like once once right. or twice a year, yeah. and like it just happened to be when I got sick. Yeah, we missed you. Uh, <laughs> I was there in spirit.
1: <laughs> well, there you go. Does Ben have a soul? Of course he does. <laughs> well, <okay>. I do <laughs> not. <laughs> so now, what about you, Lynn? What uh, are you working on some interesting cases right now, or or both of you actually?
3: Actually, we just did uh, an investigation at the public library in Dover, New Hampshire, and we're still going through the evidence. Um, not a lot of overt evidence, but I got some two really strange photos. Mm. Willie may have some light anomalies on his video, and there were a few EVPs we used to voice a spirit box, so um, there were some responses on that. So I'm going through my EVPs. And I've done a lot of research on the history of the building and the general area and the people involved with the building, so I'm putting that together so that we can maybe put these characters that are coming up in our investigation in context, so that we'll have a full report to give to the, mm. the library when we're done. Okay. So,
2: with all that being said, um, this is a question we always like to ask any any of our friends in 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 either in any field, whether it be Bigfoot ufology, uh, you know, what have you. Where do you think the the field of of paranormal research is going? What do you see is the future of it?
0: Hmm.
3: Well, the paranormal research. How are you defining that? Just looking into ghosts, or looking into things like the existence of cryptids? I mean, you you talking about the whole
2: scope of the paranormal. Well, I guess we can we can narrow it down if you'd like. Where it all do seem to be coming together. It does seem to be coming together. But where where do you believe? Um, yeah, let's 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 I I guess yeah. My answering my own question here. Let's <laughs> let's let's narrow this down. Um I guess specifically, you know, ghost research. Where do you believe that's going? I
0: think I think the first thing you have to do is separate research from TV programs. Mm. 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 <laughs> mm. Two different things.
3: But bouncing off from that, I'm all with you, Paul, about the quantum physics thing, and I think we're going to find out that what appears to be supernatural is actually natural, is just represented by physics that we don't understand yet.
1: That's what so we think,
3: yeah. I think it's going to be ongoing and I think that it'll eventually eventually be proven that the supernatural is actually part of our natural world that is more into interdimensional, multidimensional, than we ever thought possible.
1: Well, I like the term uh, that our our colleague Mark D'Antonio uses, one of our crazy gang here, uh, is uh, the term undiscovered science.
3: Yes, exactly. (laughs) That's exactly my point. Mm. So how could we not go into that field further? That
2: makes sense. So with, with that also being said, um, this is a this is something that was brought up to me very recently, and it didn't really dawn on me until very recently that um, there is a new the new generation of of paranormal investigators in general are are stepping into the the foreground, uh, which you know includes me weirdly, although it does not feel like it um you know and maybe some other people do you see um let's say i don't know uh, I'm, i'm trying to think of a way to word this that doesn't sound ageist um do you see more young people getting into the field or or have you have you have you witnessed it do you think they care in your experience
3: I'd, I don't feel that. Young people, uh, I think their focus is elsewhere.
2: Mm.
3: I think it's kind of more like middle-aged and a little bit older that are really mm. interested in demystifying the paranormal. That's kind of my opinion. I mean, I think kids like to be scared. They like mm. horror shows. They like the thrill of being scared. But as far as seriously investigating the paranormal, I'm not. I'm not feeling mm. it. <laughs> I'm thinking wow. that, they're, that that's not where their interests lie. Ben, yeah, I think yeah. you're
1: probably right about that. I think. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, well. No, no. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, ben, you uh, you run our YouTube channel, and you keep track of the stats uh, of as far as who is listening. I mean, and you you pointed out a few weeks ago the age groups oh, yes. who listen to this show.
2: Yeah. Uh, and it surprised me. Oh yeah, it's predominantly um actually I could pull it up for you right now if you'd like yeah. just so I, I don't have to guess um from exact exactly the numbers but weirdly it's it's uh it's more more uh men than anybody else recently mm-hmm. which is surprising. I didn't I didn't expect that. Um, so let's see.
3: Well, as you're looking for that, Willie and I had been in Barnes and Noble, and he remarked that there just yeah. weren't very many books on, like, ghosts hmm. and ghost investigations and huntings. It seems to, the focus seems to be more on spiritual awareness, um, maybe past life, um, hmm. a lot of Wiccan stuff. Those, those yeah. He's th- hmm. going yeah, crazy uh, with all the Wiccan information. Stuff, yeah. But not so much, uh, like, Linda. Good Godfrey's work on cryptids oh, or Bigfoot's research? It seems like that's kind of, not that it's suppressed, mm. but it's almost fallen by the wayside. At least that's Barnes & Noble. I yeah, don't know. Uh, yeah,
0: a, a couple of years ago we'd go in there. It was, there'd be like two or three shelves of paranormal.
1: Mm.
0: I went in there last night. There was about maybe ten books. Hmm. That, yeah, that was very there,
1: few. You know. I was Any very bars?
3: surprised. <laughs> and you yours? I,
0: uh, I don't I think there think, was, yeah, actually. The, they, they used to be, but yeah, they, yeah. they sold them all.
3: Well, good. You're not replenishing good. Thank the you. shelves, seemingly. Yeah. Because that paranormal section has really dwindled. Hmm. And uh, why? You know, it makes well, you wonder why.
1: it's funny. Uh, our publisher, Schiffer, uh, had a roundtable in which I participated to ask that very question. Hmm. Uh, traditional <coughs> paranormal books, you know, the classic, whether it be ghost stories or whatever, or, or psychic stuff, they, they didn't know why it wasn't selling. And, but ours was selling this is our 2016 book the uh, the one that was sort of a history you know and a different aspect, you know the, our goofy approach that we take that was selling and I said well I, I, mean, I can't tell you why but I think that people want something a little deeper maybe more authentic different uh, maybe a, a more thoughtful approach I, I don't know and, and this the one that came out last August is selling quite well I'm, I'm given where to stand so maybe it's um, people were just bored with the old-time approach. I don't know, but uh, you're right. The uh, uh, bookstores are, are the shelves are a lot skimpier than uh, yeah. they, they were, you know, something previously. Replenishing
3: them or something.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know, um, but at the same time, we've had a good economy. And when the economy is good, and when things are, you know, when it's peacetime, and you know, things are generally Leslie's coming along, yeah, people yeah. Um, don't seem as, as interested in this because they're not frightened. Okay? Like like uh, transpersonal psychology with Carl Maslow, uh, so, yes,
2: his, his hierarchy of, of uh, needs, which is actually it, it makes a lot of sense. His hierarchy of what? A hierarchy of needs. Oh, needs. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. essentially, it's like it's like a pyramid, basically, and it's like you know you need food, water, shelter, and then when you have all of those, um, then you can like contemplate the higher mysteries of life. And it's it, it, it's it's kind of straightforward stuff, just putting you know fancy schmancy psychological terms. Also, I did pull up the analytics, um, and this is since 2016. Uh, 35 per, or 37 percent of our audience. This is just YouTube. Um, are between the ages of 35 to 44, and 34% was 65 and above. Wow. Um, uh,
3: so men you know, or women, or just it? an age
2: group? 57% <laughs> was uh, men, and then the rest was women.
1: Interesting. Oh. Yes. This is your, your uh, bailiwick here. Do you have any theories about why that is? You Not know? that there's anything wrong with it. Um, I'm not sure. I,
2: I could I could venture a guess, but the the problem with analytics and marketing is you have to use a lot of soci- sociological stuff, which is mostly conjecture. I, mm. I could make theories that seem plausible. My guess would be, you know, the, the older you get, you know you'd probably want to know what happens when you die. Okay. Yeah, um, you know, yeah but you,
3: what about men versus women? Because usually mm. it's, it, there's usually a heavier concentration of women that are mediumistic or psychic, rather than men. I yeah, think but we don't tend to
2: cater to those people <laughs> in our in our approach. Really, you're you're yeah. special, Lynn. You are a lovely <laughs> human oh. being who is very 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 open. No, um, yeah, special. Had, we've we've had uh, we don't do a lot of shows with mediums. Usu- usually, we no,
3: don't. no. Uh, granted, I'm saying that though those people that would be interested in this show, often, it w- I would think there would be a higher concentration of women, only because it seems that they are more psychically inclined, in general. Anyways, that used to be the trend.
2: Hmm. Well, we but men more, are and... coming
3: into their own, like uh, Sam Boltruz's, for instance, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. and all of the, all of the people that are investigating, particularly the cryptid
1: area field mm. of. I'm going to stop everybody here just because I want to let you get some plugs in here oh. now, now please yes. tell us about books websites shows anything at all that where people can find out more about you
0: um, let's see books well books of course is, is your department uh, well,
3: I thought you were going to talk about you first
0: well. I mean I can talk about me <laughs> yeah yeah uh, I guess the only thing I have to plug right now is the documentary, which, once again, is April 17th, uh, Friday night, at Studio 101, um, Harbor Place in Havel, Massachusetts, 6.30 to 8.30. Come on down. We're going to have food. We're going to have uh, question and answer. We're going to have book signings. Uh, you can buy one of Lynn's books that night. And, and,
3: and be there or be square. That's, yeah, what, that's what I right. say. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and um, uh, my first book, Gateway to the Paranormal, is available on Amazon, Um, and then in Portsmouth at uh, Deadwick's, River Run, and Tugboat Alley, if somebody local in Portsmouth wants to buy them. And um, my other project right now is working on a book that's going to involve some past investigations and some recent ones and a lot on dreams. I've been having a lot of dreams, Paul, that I was hoping to talk to you at some yeah, point. Yeah, well, we're, we're, well, we're, we're going to have
1: lunch, uh, so we'll talk about mm-hmm. it,
3: yeah. So there'll be a segment on dreams in that, too. Very good. And my website is my name, Lynn, with an E, M, Nickerson, uh, dot com. Yeah.
0: Dot
1: com. Right. Dot com. Yeah.
3: You're Very a dot good. com. Good. I'm a dot
1: com. Excellent. Okay. okay, well, why don't we um, hop, into our, hop into our announcement period here and yes. uh, see where we go. Now, as the uh, coronavirus makes its grim trek across America, we received word on Friday that our second event of the 2020 season, at least our, ours, uh, the New England Parafest in Kittery, Maine, where all of us were supposed to appear here, uh, has been uh, canceled, uh, hopefully only will be rescheduled later in the year, but that was supposed to be April 3rd and 5th in Kittery, Maine. Uh, organizers hope to reschedule once all this blows over. Uh, so instead of our on-location panel show from the event on April 5th in which, uh, y- you both were going to participate, Lynn, Lynn and, and, uh, oh, I'm looking at this here. Lynn and Willie, of course, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah oh, I, I remember who you are. It's just some- <laughs> <laughs> who are you and why are you here? <laughs> I don't know. What was your name again? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> No, I'm looking at this, this is something that's scrawled out. Anyway, uh, well, we will bring you an open line show from right here in our cozy uh, WON studio. And special guest co-host Shane Searway will join us, as he usually does for open line shows. We'll do our own panel.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. So,
1: you yeah. don't have to come down. We'll do the panel here. We could, yeah. yeah.
2: It's di- I mean, we could try and fit everybody in here, but it's it's kind of a tight studio. Well, it's only there'd
1: it just be Shane. There's there's one extra seat. That is a good point. So
2: so naturally, we'll be back at the Exeter UFO Festival on Labor Day weekend, September 5th and 6th, hopefully,
0: uh, yeah. as
2: speaker as speakers, and we will do our fifth annual live broadcast from the historic Exeter Town Hall on Sunday the sixth at noon. Um, the event is sponsored by the Exeter Area Kiwanis Club to raise funds for local children's charities.
1: Uh, there will be other events throughout the year, we hope, including the Greater New England UFO Conference in Massachusetts on Columbus Day weekend. And uh, this is all happening because this is my 50th anniversary in the paranormal. I'm sure everything's being canceled. Happy, happy birthday. Bravo. Yeah, congratulations. Right. Uh, I'm supposed to be the keynote speaker this year on that because of this work anniversary, as they call it on social media. Also in October, look for us on the Travel Channel. Uh, we can't say any more about that right now.
2: So you can check out our books including Behind the Paranormal, Everything You Know Is Wrong and Behind the Paranormal too. Bigfoot, Mothman and monsters you've never heard of. Um, and you and also you can check out Dancing Past the Graveyard, Poltergeist's Parallel World, Poltergeist Parasites Parallel Worlds and God. Uh they're available from online retailers and in some stores, but for autographed copies, uh you can visit our online bookstore at behindtheparanormal.com uh once the site is back online.
1: Well, it is back online, but it's it keeps getting attacked so they're if you want to, to get the recorded show, it's yes, bizarre, if you want to get the recorded shows, uh, it's got the last few months on the site, but you want to go to any of the major podcast platforms like uh, YouTube or Spotify or uh, iTunes, it's, they're all there. Uh, we've got them back to the, almost 2009 now, and so um, we're going to... Keep whatnot. getting them all up. Uh, there's another year to go. Well, so anyway.
2: Next Sunday, yep. uh, March 22nd, we will have a live in studio, once again, uh, Jim Weiner and Charlie Foltz, two eyewitnesses to the oh. Allagash UFO incident in Maine in 1976. That's
3: excellent. Where are they living now in New York?
1: No idea. They're in Boston. (laughs) No idea. Upper on Boston. Oh, okay. They're in Boston. Yep. And we're just about out of time. Well, I'm Paul Eno.
2: And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. And we shall see you next time on Behind the Paranormal.